Welcome to Everyday Cannabis with host Eva Sativa. This groundbreaking podcast aims to clear the smoke on reefer madness by providing honest, open, and real cannabis talk with no sticks, no seeds, and no shame. Now, here's your host, Eva Sativa. And welcome to another episode of your favorite show about cannabis, brought to you exclusively by women who love it. <laughs> so Boris is my co-host today. Hello, Boris. I don't know if you can see him, and we're on Facebook Live, which is really exciting and a little bit nerve-wracking, but mostly exciting, because <laughs> this is a live episode. Um, and on this episode, we have Rebecca Gaska with us, who uh, she's co-hosted, of course, in the past. I'm sure you remember her. She's our world traveler and the CEO of Pistol and Stigma, once uh, once the principal lobbyist for the ACLU, and now uh, with a new company uh, called Greenlight Drafts. Hi, Rebecca. Super excited! <laughs> super excited. Today is election day. Long time coming. I think everybody is super excited for the end of today so that we know what tomorrow looks like. And we're scared. I know. Some of us are scared. It's a strange, strange world that we live in. I think we can all at least agree on that much. Yes, definitely. It is a strange world. <laughs> and, of course, we are joined by uh, the, by the uh, beautiful and awesome Mother Sarah Kingsleyan, who has been a regular on our show. She is, uh, of course, in addition to being an awesome mom, she's the primary researcher for Pistol and Sigma and the co-founder of Greenlight Drafts, and also a birthing doula. Um, am I forgetting anything? <laughs> I'm a medical marijuana patient. Ah, yes. And hopefully a soon-to-be adult medical adult marijuana consumer here in Nevada. Hopefully if our initiative passes today, so I'm looking forward to that. Yes, and, and uh, I am too. So um, today is, as you know, a big day for cannabis and for the entire country at large. But because we're a cannabis show, um, I'd like to mention that nine states are voting on legalization measures, expanding the possibility of growing the industry even further. And, uh, of course, we choose a new president. And that could also uh, have some effect on the industry as a whole. Um, I'm allowed to say what I think on this show, and there is no censorship here. Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and say that, you know, I... I I think Trump is a little bit of a, a douche. <laughs> and um, <laughs> just a little. <laughs> just a little bit of a. Well, and, and <laughs> I thought that that he was before he said it, but really thought he was a douche um, when he was talking about grabbing women by the pussy. Um, that sounds like something an eight year old who knows nothing about sex or female anatomy would say. And um, it, it would be possible to grab a man by his dick. And lead him around so maybe he got confused but um, that's just my opinion and not the opinion of anyone uh, affiliated with the sponsorship but I'm just going to go out and say that because uh, it needed to be said uh, so but I digress can anyone name the nine states right now that are voting on cannabis issues yeah that's a California of course the big behemoth of the market right and everybody is pretty sure Prop 64 is going to pass. Um, <clears throat> little less confident in Nevada and Arizona, right? Question two here. And I don't know what the question is in uh, the numbers in Arizona. 
um, five, two, oh five says Annalise, the amazing support team back here behind the camera. Um, <laughs> um, question two, also in Florida. Yes. Same name as uh, Nevada, except for Florida is a medical measure. Right. Not adult use measure. Right. And that's my home state. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, if you aren't familiar with the Florida math, um, the majority is not a majority. The majority right. means 60%. Super majority. Right, yeah. right. So um, we we had voted on in the past, and I think it was 58%. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, very much hopeful that it'll, it'll reach that 60 today. Yep. Then we have, what? Maine, Massachusetts, Massachusetts and we Maine. Ha- and and Ar- we have Florida, Arkansas. Arkansas, mm-hmm. yes, yes. There were two um, measures in Arkansas. One was retracted by the Supreme Court in Arkansas recently, um, and so they're just considering one instead of the two that they were going to otherwise have on the ballot. Um, yeah. Did we talk Did we about North Dakota? North Dakota. Geez, where have I been? Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, North Dakota. I have on my list here: Florida, Arkansas, North Dakota, Montana, um, and then Nevada, California, Arizona, Massachusetts, and Maine. Wow! And uh, so, yeah, that's a lot of a lot of places making some major decisions. Yeah, and so with very good reason, President Barack Obama said that following today's vote the whole issue of uh, the federal stance on marijuana as a Schedule One drug will be untenable. That was his, the word that he used. And I think he's right. Yeah. I mean, if we have a couple of states that move forward with adult use, we really have to have a very real conversation about mm-hmm. what is Schedule One and why, right? Because we know that that is creating a whole plethora of issues with respect to banking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what is medical? You know, mm-hmm. what is adult use? What is nutritional use in terms of hemp consumption? It, because that's cannabis too. You know, I think we, we're going to have to have a come to Jesus, come to goddess moment about like, what are we doing? Come to cannabis. Come cannabis. to cannabis moment. <laughs> yeah. What I think is well, exciting about that is if the California, Arizona, and Nevada initiatives pass, we'll have a whole cannabis belt on the West Coast, making it really necessary to address federal prohibition in mm-hmm. terms of interstate commerce because right. we're all right next to each other. Right? Yeah. So uh, it seems like it would be kind of silly if we couldn't trade across the borders well, if it's I okay mean, here and it's okay there um yeah that, i agree with that and uh i was actually going to uh, say we had a, a viewer a lot of listener questions about that mm-hmm. um you know can can you if you're in a friendly state go to another friendly state you know or do commerce between friendly states and uh they're surprised sometimes to hear that the answer to that is no. Is, is no, no, that you can't. And uh, and even when I first opened the dispensary, I would get calls from Google California all the time thinking that they would be able to, to come bring, back to us. Bring you products. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right, right. So, yeah, and I wish we could, I wish we could, you know, make it that way, but it just isn't that way. But it is like a tipping point because uh, it's silly if, if like almost half the country is able allowed to do something and the other half is not allowed to do something. That's that's just uh, Americans don't like that. Right. <laughs> they don't like that. Um, yeah, it's kind of an invisible border um, in some respects because 
California is a massive market, right? And mm-hmm. there are folks who are growing in Nevada, producing product in Nevada, who would love to see the opportunity to vend in California and vice versa. But there is a pretty clear rule in interstate commerce. It is federally still illegal. And so any transference is trafficking. Exactly. Um, and it carries fairly substantial federal penalties criminally for, for that as well. And it, and it's uh, it's very sad because you uh, as you know I've gotten some questions that I, I'm going to be addressing when we do our our legal issue, but just from people who are like, well, I live here and um, I know cannabis helps me a lot, but I don't know what to do <laughs> because I don't want to be a criminal. You know those kinds of questions. So, you know, it's an issue. So. Um, any more comments on the election today and what's going on before we move on? <laughs> yeah, like I've had to take several sighs of just relief that today is finally today. Um, you know, I I got up this morning. I was in line at 7 a.m. right when polls opened. I got my I voted sticker on today. I really like voting on election day as opposed to I do too. Yeah. Well, we don't have early election where I'm from. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. only have the one day. So. So I was very happy to to wrestle with some of the you know the questions that I had for myself in, in terms of who was on the ballot in terms of the issues that we have dealt with here in Nevada. And I am very excited that today is going to be over soon. <laughs> me too. Me too. And a lot of people are having, uh, you know, get togethers and mm-hmm. uh, watching the results. And um, we didn't plan one here um, just because uh, <laughs> a lack of time and stuff That's to plan it. On. Yeah. But we can have a private party. <laughs> <laughs> Today's a pretty good time for a party right now. Hopefully yeah. Yeah. Well, this is this is kind of our party. It? Yeah. As we speak right now, this is this is our party. The reason I'm. Oh, now wait, wait. Who can name all fifty states? Can anyone name all fifty states? I was going to ask before we go. Oh my! You guys don't remember that song? Arizona, Alaska, or Ar- oh, wait, wait. Is uh, uh, how does it start? It starts Alaska, Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. Alaska, Arizona. Uh, I, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, Same I don't backwards. remember. Yeah, I, I used I, to know the enemy. Yeah, it was like yeah. I used to know the whole song, and now <laughs> it's like stored somewhere in that weird memory bank that comes out when you're in the shower, <laughs> and then you can't get it out of your head, and you're sitting there going. Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, do do do, Florida. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait a minute. Got a shower, but it yeah. came out. Like- it finally got there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> finally we should make got a there. cannabis-friendly state song. That'd be awesome. Oh, that would be fun. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> for <laughs> trivia moments like this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we only have just a couple minutes to the break, so I'm going to hold off on on our main topic here. Um, but I, yeah, I, I do. Do think that this is probably one of the most important elections of my lifetime? Your know, lifetime. I know they always say that, but every election is incredibly important, and and uh, I I'm I'm just uh, very fearful of what could happen or what will happen or you know um, I, I just can't wait for it to be over, like you said, and then just be like, okay, this is what it is, and life goes on. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well. Um, 
We are going to have to take a quick break here, but uh, we will be right back with uh, after a few words from our sponsor, possibly Greenlight Jazz Pistols and Stigma. But um, if you are interested in advertising on the show, so I can feed Boris here, who is playing the world's smallest violin right now in his mind, uh, email me at eva at everydaycannabis.com. I will gladly review any product and... Um, as well, my uh, my mother taught me, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So I'm in the business of helping people and not trashing them. So you have nothing to worry about. Um, and we will be right back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Cannabis is your passion, and you've worked hard to build your business. But the industry is evolving. Every day, new regulations make it harder to stay competitive. At Greenlight Drafts, we think compliance should make it easier. Our operations, plans, policies, and procedures can help your business comply with complicated and time-consuming requirements. While cannabis may be your passion, ours is compliance. Call us today at 844-GRN-LGHT. That's 844-GRN-LGHT. Or visit us online at Greenlight Drafts. Do you want your business to change the world? At Pistol and Stigma, we know that the most successful organizations add holistic value to their communities. Our government and community relations professionals use methods that encourage social impact and accountability to develop your mission-driven work. Find out how at PistolandStigma.com or contact us at 1-844-476-5448. That's 1-844-476-5448. Pistol and Stigma, connecting people to policy and you to your community. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to everyday cannabis if you have a question or comment about our show please send an email to eva at everydaycannabisradio.com that's eva at everyday c-a-n-n-a-b-i-s radio.com now back to the show and we are back here on the day that will shape our country's future so much that it's making us all a little nauseous. We are tackling a tough question today from a listener as a group. So, uh, by the way, if you have submitted a question, uh, we'll get to it. And if it's of the legal type, um, the reason we haven't answered it yet is because we do have an episode coming soon with a cannabis attorney who can answer them to the letter of the law and also make suggestions because we're definitely not... uh, attorneys here and uh also we're we're not doctors here either which is why we don't give medical advice but we you know we give facts and help lead people to places that they need to get more information and we have doctors come on to give (laughs) to give those kinds of information but um the listener that uh, this listener and i had a chat on social media uh about how it is in, in their opinion impossible now to break into the cannabis industry as an owner a business owner and this particular person felt that it's kind of a conspiracy to turn all cannabis into, you know, make weed or corporate owned companies 
uh, that are and then squeeze out the small farmer. And this is a personal one for me because uh, just what I've been through in the industry, and and you'll notice I'm not an owner, um, but uh, this is something that um, I felt like is perfect to bring the the people who are here today um, to talk about because they're the intelligent and dynamic minds who invented green light drafts. And um, I, I know that that's essentially what green light drafts is about. It's about leveling the playing field for new businesses or those who are in existence that now must comply with new regs, like in California, for example, and leveling the playing field so that you can still, you know, get into the business and you don't have to be a Rockefeller or, you know, Sheldon Adelson type of rich, <laughs> right? Um, and so uh, so I, I would like to ask you, you know, what, what are your thoughts about our listeners' questions? Um, and whoever wants to go first, you know, raise your hand. I don't care. But, um, and and uh, it, what do you think? Is it still possible to break into the cannabis industry as a small business? Is there a room for that? And uh, I think yes, but um, I want your opinions too. I think it's a good question. I think for a lot of people, breaking into the industry does seem a little bit inaccessible, um, particularly depending on the state that they're in, right? Of course. Um, Florida is a perfect example of that. We supported an applicant through the process there, and it was nearly impossible. It was ridiculous the way, in fact, Florida had constructed their their law and um, was nearly impossible. There were only five companies that got licensed there. Now there's a bunch of litigation because of the way that that whole program, you know, was played out. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the reasons why question two in Florida is so important that it pass Mm -hmm. so that it be more accessible. Mm -hmm. So outside of that kind of construct, um, you know, and if you take a look at things from state to state, from my opinion, yeah, it is actually an accessible industry. You just have to do a little bit of digging and um, have a team like we have on your side because there are easy ways to get involved in the industry um, without having to outlay a ton of capital depending on the state that you're in mm-hmm. in order to achieve the goal that you want to achieve. Right. And I think I think people are, you know, when they're talking about being business owners, they have some capital, but they're thinking that the capital has to be upwards in the, you know, four to six million dollar at least range. Um, And and, you know, yes, there are places that do that, but there are also at least in Nevada, from what I've seen, boutique kind of uh, cultivators Mm -hmm. who uh, did not do not have to spend that type of money mm-hmm. and they grow boutique strains that are not normally grown in commercial uh, commercial grows because they don't fit into that you know that cycle and that you can you know turn it over quickly but are, are things that people really like mm-hmm. um, and I you know I, I know I don't think you can bootstrap it like like uh, people we know did nine years ago in Colorado and start a business for $25,000. But, um, (laughs) but, but I do think there's still room for, for entry. Uh, 
on a reasonable level. I would agree, Sarah. I think you probably have some pretty strong opinions yes. about California. I definitely do. Yeah, I mean, California is so unique because they already had an industry and it's been there for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And whether you know it or not, um, well, it's hard for us to estimate, but they're probably supplying most of the country with cannabis right now from coast to coast. So these are established business people that have been doing things their way for a long time. And that legislation was written partly with them in mind. So in California, at least, there's definitely room for small operators to to enter into the industry. And I think what's really going to define them, I mean, aside from the licensing, once they have their license, what's really going to make their businesses viable is that they have to add value to their product based on their experience. So um, based on their history, based on their knowledge, based on the heritage of their strains, um, just like we talked about with Swami in our episode a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's room for those small operators and they can remain small and still be viable, at least in markets like California. And there's other states that are allowing ongoing applications. Um, mm-hmm. Massachusetts is still taking applications. Um, where else? Nevada, Washington my, is yeah, a more Washington, of an open market now. Yeah, definitely that follows that model. Colorado, I think, has rolling applications depending on the jurisdiction that you're in. So I think that the best advice to a small operator trying to break into the market is to look at those states that has those licensing opportunities and use your experience to show that your product is higher quality and has that added value versus the McWeed. Mm-hmm, if that's mm-hmm. what we're worried about. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And, you know, the good product will always win out. Yeah. And, and no matter what, the, the best product will always win out um, with the consumer. So, you know, even if you have a small operation, but your product is awesome, people are going to fall in love with it, buy it, and you, you know, will be able to have a profit that you can continue to put back into the company and grow it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think that, uh, and also some of the things, you know, sometimes I kind of, I'm wondering like in Florida, um, I know they get, got the cultivation licenses, but like, I don't know that, that, that there's dispensaries attached to that. They are. So okay. it was vertically integrated in Florida. Okay. So once you got a license, you were able to grow, process, and dispense. Um, I see. And every state has been different. That's also how New York was. Um, Right now, we're working with clients in Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania has a grow process license that's separate from dispensaries, and those are limited licenses. And so those are going to be competitive as well. So very different than California under McRissa, (laughs) (laughs) the medical cannabis Regulation and Safety Act, formerly known as MRSA, um, <laughs> um, under under that new scheme, um, there are a bunch of different license types, and you're actually uh, only allowed to hold two of uh, any of the, what is it, 18, 20 types 13. now? I don't know. It's like it's 17 470 that, million yeah. different license types. 420. Yeah. So, that would be the right number. Yeah. I think the other thing important for small operators is to is to use product innovation. You know, everything that we see out right now, even though it seems like tons of products are coming out, there's more that you can do that, with this plant oh, it's, that it's isn't it's on limitless. the shelf yet. Yeah. You know, have you guys seen a stem tincture? Have you seen a stem salve? I haven't, but the, that the stems have medicinal properties. What about the roots? 
I haven't had a root tincture or a root salve on my dispensary shelf yet, but I'd be interested in it. So, Well, and I'd be interested in a couple of things. I'd like to see uh, more, which we don't have in Nevada. I know they have these maybe in other places, but, you know, juicing. Mm-hmm. live juicing of cannabis and also live rosin pressing so you know you buy your your buds you know um and then they they do the rosin press right there oh, for live you in front and of then you. give it to you yeah That's so that cool. you that would be super yeah cool. i think that would be really cool if we you know those if we could make that work at regulations i'm sure there's someone doing someone somewhere doing that as well um uh, of course, you know, I, if, if you can think it, it's probably already been thunk of. But, um, but those kinds of things are, are neat. Huh. Yeah, I mean, so that also leads to a broader question, too, which is what are we going to do federally with this product? Because if you're doing a live rosin press, but let's say under a President Clinton, um, it becomes a Schedule Two drug and is therefore treated like a pharmaceutical, like other Schedule II drugs, is a live rosin press even going to be allowed? No, probably not, because Schedule II means that it is treated like other Schedule II drugs. It's a triple prescription. You have to get it filled at a pharmacy. Like, unless we're innovative in the way that the product, that cannabis is re-regulated, however that looks, we're going to start finding ourselves in corners that i think that the industry doesn't want to be in no but big but the pharmaceutical industry would very much like to be in and uh, the problem is is that uh, they can't dispense flowers i mean they they they're not going to be dispensing flowers at a at at walgreens right (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah yeah. because it's not consistent and a pharmaceutical product has to be consistent Consistent. right right so it is about how does that reshaping look um and you know just a rescheduled or schedule two doesn't negate what all of the states have done right it doesn't erase it what it does is frankly pave a path for attorneys to duke it out in court. It's one of the reasons why I'm not an attorney and don't want to become one because that's not what I want to spend my time doing. But, I mean, it's good work and it's it's got to be done. Like, there, there have to be some decisions made um, ultimately as a result of whatever the federal government decides to do. Well, I would be really sad to see that happen because whole plant therapy and the synergistic relationship between the, the different cannabinoids and the terpenoids and the flavonoids has been proven time and time again to be a far better medication than when you take all these things apart totally. uh, or try and make a synthetic version. In fact, um, the, the person died in a trial of a synthetic version uh, that they tried to make of cannabis oh that was a very isolated circumstance that was are you, i think you're talking about the um the trial out of i think it was france or yeah they or made europe. a synthetic cannabis and um they did a trial study of it and and several people were had Sick brain and- injuries for life and one died so that's what happens when the you know, the pharmaceutical, I mean, what's wrong with it as it is? You don't need to fix it. It's not broken, right? No, but I don't think that we have to be afraid either because obviously prohibition doesn't work. If we try to put whole plant therapy back 
into prohibition, well, it will flourish the way it already flourishes once again. I don't think you can keep this plant down. No, you can't. Um, you can't. So I, I try not to be fearful about the prospect of a rescheduling, even if it's scheduled two and all of those DEA requirements apply because I hope that would just bring that medicine to more people their insurance might pay for it mm, and either point. way we're going to have whole plant medicine whether we have to grow it ourselves or um, whether they're going to allow the cannabis market the really unique markets that have popped up in each state to continue that is a, a, a really great thought and I like your attitude and on that on that note we do have to take another quick break here but we will be right back with Rebecca Gasca and Sarah Kingsley co-founders of Greenlight Drafts, to talk more about this issue. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Cannabis is your passion, and you've worked hard to build your business. But the industry is evolving. Every day, new regulations make it harder to stay competitive. At Greenlight Drafts, we think compliance should make it easier. Our operations, plans, policies, and procedures can help your business comply with complicated and time-consuming requirements. While cannabis may be your passion, ours is compliance. Call us today at 844-GRN-LGHT. That's 844-GRN-LGHT. Or visit us online at Greenlight Drafts. Do you want your business to change the world? At Pistol and Stigma, we know that the most successful organizations add holistic value to their communities. Our government and community relations professionals use methods that encourage social impact and accountability to develop your mission-driven work. Find out how at PistolandStigma.com or contact us at 1-844-476-5448. That's 1-844-476-5448. Pistol and Stigma, connecting people to policy and you to your community. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to everyday cannabis if you have a question or comment about our show please send an email to eva at everydaycannabisradio.com that's eva at everyday c-a-n-n-a-b-i-s radio.com now back to the show Hello, hello, and we are back, and um, we actually just got a very interesting question from a listener, and they wanted to know, you know, what are our predictions for the <laughs> the nine states? Come on over here, Boris, um, and uh, and so we're going to give you our predictions for the nine states, <laughs> and uh, I'll let you start, uh, Rebecca, if you want. Sure. Uh, I think uh, California is a for sure as a for sure thing. Um, they had widespread support, generally speaking, across the industry, though there were some detractors, certainly, who made their feelings known over the last couple of months. But generally speaking, the work that I think 
the ACLU did with the Drug Policy Alliance and Marijuana Policy Project, everybody kind of coming together to draft ALMA, the Adult Use Marijuana Act, um, <clears throat> they generally got a lot of people under the tent. And there wasn't a very well-organized organization in California. And as Sarah said, I mean, this has been an industry in California. I remember 215, Sarah and I grew up in California. And so I remember those days, you know, um, when it was AMA. 30, 30 pages, 60 pages? How long is I it? I think it's 64 pages. Maybe not. Very different from Prop 215 days, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, I think uh, it's got enough support for from voters, constituents in the state. I think that'll pass. I think in Florida, um, they've done a great job fundraising. John Morgan, oh my God, way to step up that game. Well, and Ben Polar, who we, ben, had, on we had on the show. show. Yeah, yep. so if awesome you missed the job. Florida show and you'd like to hear... Uh, a little bit about that. Uh, go yeah. back and listen to the interview with the campaign manager for Yes on Two in Florida. So my prediction is that Yes on Two will be a success in Florida by also a couple, maybe a point, point and a half. And remember, Florida needs 60% of the vote there. So I think it'll pass by uh, 60, 61%. Um Nevada, I think it'll pass, but by a very close margin. We only need 50% here. Um, I think Arizona, I've followed a little less, but I wouldn't be surprised if it failed by a point um, or two. And then Arkansas, North Dakota, Maine, Massachusetts, I honestly haven't been following those as closely, so I'm I'm not really well positioned to opine on those well um so i'm gonna say florida florida is a tricky one um but i think it's gonna pass this time because of how close it was last time yeah of course last time though uh remember everyone was going out to vote for obama right and so that drew a lot of people who were also you know favorable to cannabis i don't know if they're going to have this many people coming out for that election so i hope that they do um and i i think it will pass um as the and these are all for the medical marijuana arkansas i i honestly don't know that much about it but um i i don't know i'm just going to take a guess and say that it is not going to pass. <laughs> and I'm going to say North Dakota, it probably will pass, and so will Montana, because they're just kind of the way, I, I'm just guessing. But that's, A little more libertarian it, states. Yeah, they're more libertarian states. They're more about states' rights. And so they, they might be more open to, hey, it's just a plant. Let me grow the plant. You know, stop telling me what to do. You know, yeah. so um, and then on the adult use, Nevada. I don't think it's going to pass. Really? I, I'm not sure, but it's been a tough road here in the state, based on how it was drafted before there was even an industry. They had a tough time on fundraising. I mean, you guys know that I struggled personally with how it was drafted as well. Um, I had a couple of off-the-record conversations with folks involved in the industry who would have a much better prospect, you know, based on it passing, 
who have said that they're, you know, moderately indifferent. One of them actually used the word indifferent about whether or not it passed. Um, Another one said today that I spoke with, they were, they know that the industry is somewhat dependent upon it passing um, and they want it to pass, but would be surprised, sorry, would not be surprised if it didn't pass. Um, And then last week I spoke with somebody else Actually, it was longer than a week ago, but he was just like, you know, super frustrated with how it had all rolled out in general. And I think it's, I don't know, it's tough. Well, you know, my feelings are, you know, and for those of you who don't know, I moved out here um, to work in the industry, which was a lifelong dream of mine um, before I was a patient. I was a cannabis user uh, on and off and and grower for, you know, like 20 some odd years. And um, so it's always been my dream um, to to work in a dispensary and help patients. And uh, my my only concern is always just that um, patients will, you know, possibly get lost in the system. So I'm I'm a little indifferent myself. But I do want the industry to flourish here in Nevada, and I, I do worry that if it doesn't pass, it it, it, it may not. So you know, I was I, I was really iffy iffy on it, and um, so I, you know, I I I, I voted yes um, because I want the industry to do well. Uh, but I I've talked to a lot of patients who weren't planning on voting yes because they were under some sort of impression that it would mean that they couldn't grow anymore oh, and, and that's definitely not the case no so i i tried to correct them on that particular part of it but there's a lot of misunderstanding a lot of misinterpretation and so i'm not sure i mean you know it's only been medical for a little bit of time right i just don't know if people are ready for it um but in I, Nevada. Yeah, in I mean, Nevada. I think I think the three of us agree that a lot of cannabis users are self-diagnosing, um, even if not conscientiously. Like I believe that pretty much all cannabis use is actually medical use. I know it's probably a weird theory for some of our listeners to hear, mm-hmm. but um, I think that like people use alcohol to deal with anxiety or stress or just to relax, right? Mm-hmm. Social of, lubricant. Yeah. A yeah. lot of people use cannabis for that same reason. Oh, absolutely. And and even if they weren't, it's a preventative medication. Right. Right. And, um, you know, there there's a, a lot of recreation in and of itself is a medical necessity. True that. Yeah. Okay, and I can agree with that. We live in a world where everybody is accountable 24-7 to the, right. you got to text somebody back, or they're like, no, 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 you got to email all these people back. Like, the world didn't used to be like that. You could just be, you know, away, and people weren't constantly barraging you with stuff. Yep. It's very stressful. And so uh, we need to recreate. Yep. Recreation yeah. is... The same thing as medical. And so I see no difference. I, that, actually, that reminds me of another question that we were recently, part of a question that I was recently asked about, do you think that there should be different potencies for medical and different potencies for... No, absolutely not. That's that's ridiculous. Um, I, 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 it is what it is. And you can't determine when you're growing marijuana 
what percentages it's going to come out to be, you know, so it's medicine. It's just medicine that has nothing to do with the potency. Some of the best medicine is a lower potency and, you know, that's Mm -hmm. irrelevant. So, um, but anyway, uh, I just thought I'd bring that up. (laughs) <laughs> because uh, it's something that I've it's been hearing about. Well, yeah, the industry is going to have to deal with that, too. Um, I think legislators are going to start asking that question, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Pennsylvania oh, they are. Yeah, yeah. is a good example because Pennsylvania is a no-flower state. You're, we're not gonna, Our clients are not going to be able to sell flour there for the first two years at least, but they can sell dabs, waxes, and hash. And it's it's interesting, right? Yeah. Like, so you're not allowed to have any whole plant therapy there. But, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> super bizarre. But that's because they had legislators who probably didn't know about whole plant therapy, right, and juicing and all of these other opportunities. And hopefully the sustained work that we're able to do with our clients out there will help change that. Um, but, you know, we're kind of stuck with what we've got right now mm-hmm. over there. Mm-hmm. Um and that doesn't seem like it's going to be changing anytime soon, to be honest. I agree. But um, I, that is kind of weird. It's weird because some some sides, some states demonize concentrates. Like, right. oh, concentrates. Oh, my God. It's, yeah, right. which is silly. Um, and then and then other states are saying, nope, concentrates only. Um, yeah. and, and I don't understand that. Yeah, quite well, I think either. some of the reasoning was that if you have in the regulated market only concentrates and manufactured products, it's easy to differentiate black market or a legal market product from the legal right, market. Right, right. So yeah, I that and, and it is, it, I guess it's easier for the for law enforcement, but I sort of feel like they're just setting it up for big pharma. <laughs> well, I sort of feel like they're setting it up for the black market to continue. Because if you can't get it in the regulated market, I prefer flour. Yep. There's, I, I'm not going to buy concentrate on the regulated market. No, that and doesn't I, help me. Th- yeah. I'm never so, going to smoke a all concentrate no, no way no okay. way yeah, I yeah. can do that all day every day I wouldn't be able to work <laughs> right, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I don't smoke cannabis so yeah like, yeah exactly. that will get worked oh shoot and looks like we got to take another uh, break here guys this so too much fun. <laughs> yeah we're, we're, time is just flying by we will be right back after these messages <laughs> we'll be right <laughs> back ching your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Cannabis is your passion, and you've worked hard to build your business. But the industry is evolving. Every day, new regulations make it harder to stay competitive. At Greenlight Drafts, we think compliance should make it easier. Our operations, plans, policies, and procedures can help your business comply with complicated and time-consuming requirements. While cannabis may be your passion, ours is compliance. Call us today at 844-GRN-LGHT. That's 844-GRN-LGHT. Or visit us online at Greenlight Drafts. 
Do you want your business to change the world? At Pistol and Stigma, we know that the most successful organizations add holistic value to their communities. Our government and community relations professionals use methods that encourage social impact and accountability to develop your mission-driven work. Find out how at PistolandStigma.com or contact us at 1-844-476-5448. That's 1-844-476-5448. Pistol and Stigma, connecting people to policy and you to your community. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Listening to Everyday Cannabis. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Eva at EverydayCannabisRadio.com. That's Eva at EverydayCannabisRadio.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we are back. This show is like flying by. Um, but we really, uh, we have another question. Um, I love this that we're getting so many questions. I'm so excited. And we like to answer our viewer questions. Um, we did want to review a product today too. So we're going to taste this product while we're answering the question. And we hope we can get this done in nine minutes. So the product that we have, um, although it's on an open bit, open vape uh, battery charger this is a moxie um, flavor vape and it is in the key lime pie flavor variety and I have not yet tried it so we're going to give it a try and uh, well here you can start go ahead I don't want to I'm not a patient so I will not be consuming yeah just Sarah and I are giving this a try and then uh, well Annalise why don't you uh, read us the question Ooh, it's uh, very what is Draft's primary most popular service? What is Greenlight Draft's primary most popular service? So Greenlight Drafts is actually a product-driven company, and it offers boilerplate solutions for policies, plans, and procedures for any cannabis startup, from uh, cannabis cultivation to cannabis manufacturing and extraction, and also for dispensing. And so if you are a new startup or if you have, you know, a platform that you've been working on for a long time, but you just need better policies and plans for your employees or you want to scale, you want to go to a new market, um, that's what Greenlight Drafts offers. So um, it's a place to start because, you know, brilliant cannabis growers uh, tend to not be technical writers. (laughs) Surprise, right? Believe it or not. Some of us are. Yes. Some of us are. But most aren't, frankly, and um, they would prefer to be spending their time growing their cannabis, right, and really getting their business going. Um, so we're, that's where Greenlight Drafts comes in. It steps in and it offers a place to start. So you're not just looking at a blank screen. And um, and their best practices. I mean, these are. are 100% the best practices. Um, I, you know, I've read through, you know, the dispensary ones, having managed a dispensary and uh, the cultivation facility. There's something, whatever, whatever it is that you're 
you're trying to accomplish. Green light drafts can help you get there without having to sit down and write down all of your standard operating procedures, which is tedious. Believe me, I've done it. Um, you know, and uh, and and they're absolutely best practices, and they're absolutely customizable, and they will, you know, can be customized to fit any compliance in any state or area that you're in which is really cool because that is a lot of work it may not sound like it's a lot of work but we're talking about thousands and thousands of pages of stuff that you have to have and and some businesses don't um so uh, real quick here this is delicious (laughs) yeah i really like it what did you think yeah i mean the key lime flavor really came out um Especially like the aftertaste, like I can still taste it now. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm a big fan of the brand Moxie. I pretty much like almost everything that they put out. Um, always have, and uh, I was really excited to see when they got their product here in Nevada. Uh, also, the same with Bam. Shout out to Bam Moxie. They're they're really very good brands, and uh, and I'm I usually not like thrilled with flavored stuff um but i love theirs and uh i don't know if they use what they use to flavor it if they use terpenes or something to flavor it back or whatever you can find it out on their site so um again this is a moxie key lime high flavor vape and i would highly recommend it um it's light it's like this is something the cerebral effect that is just kicking in now after you know two three minutes is really mellow yeah so it doesn't like bam right in the face which for me i prefer yeah this is a great all-day vape that you can use um if you have to like attend a meeting or go to work um or you know you're worried about overdoing it i think this is a good a good one for that um or at least I have a I have a very high tolerance, so you know that that's that's coming from me. For some people, yeah. it's totally subjective. I'm more subjective. of a microdoser, so I like to have a product that's a little bit more mellow. And yeah, so that's my favorite thing about inhaling versus edibles is that I can microdose effectively, and then you could probably figure out how to do it with edibles. Um, but with inhalables, it's just you take a little toke and you know how it's going to feel so. yeah immediately and that's yeah. a big difference well that is t- yeah that's true the edible it goes through the liver pass and so it takes a lot more time to be able to deal with it i think you have to start out with smaller doses yeah with and actually i've read an recently about um microdose edibles starting to come out in colorado yeah i think two and a half you can get um products in Cal- colorado now that are two and a half milligrams yeah mm-hmm which oh, to well, me, more people would, would say, why the hell would you make that? Who wants the two and a half milligrams? But me I'm personally, even though I people. like to use cannabis on a regular basis, I like to use just a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That works for me. We should do an episode about microdosing um, yeah. because I've heard a lot about microdosing, not just with cannabis, but with other things as well. Right. Yeah, um, psilocybin, LSD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, a lot of people are doing that. There's some interesting studies about that too that are coming out from MAPS and other um, research organizations. Speaking yeah. of MAPS, um, I have to say, give a um, shout out to Randy. Uh, I'll tag him on this later, but this uh, is. Um, an armband from the tw- the guys at 22 Too Many, and I accepted the challenge that Randolph had I- issued online to do 22 push-ups a day, and mm. I agreed to do that, and I'm going to be donating 
$222 to MAPS because the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies is doing some really great research related to PTSD and veterans. Um, and so... With cannabis? Um, or with, with cannabis ecstasy? and with MDMA. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Which is something I'm really interested in because you guys know I have post-traumatic stress disorder. And I went yesterday to do um, a, a thing called EMDR and RET where they flash lights and stuff and it's supposed to... Uh, you, you can look it up, but it has to do with your your eyes and and the way that your brain works, and it's supposed to help. And uh, well, so far nothing yet, but um, you know I'm going to keep going back and see if anything happens. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really so many innovative ways that we can be helping veterans these days. Cannabis is obvious, you know, to those of us who are involved in the industry. Oh my gosh, I, I mean I have seen such a change in and uh, the veterans that we have had, you know, had helped through weekend or through the dispensary or whatever, um, uh, that that it's like night and day, yeah, night and day. And um, they, they uh, they've written to me, you know, I told you one gifted me his purple heart. I mean, it it's an amazing, amazing difference, and uh, and it's it's owed to them. It's something that's owed to them. You know what I mean? They they don't need to be put on. Uh, more drugs that are going to ruin their life. Right. You know. Um, uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe this, guys. We only have two minutes left in the show. So, this has been a big, uh, big day show. A lot of stuff covered. Um, if anybody's interested in green light drafts, um, what would you what would you like them to contact us? Yeah, so they can send an email at info at greenlightdrafts.com. We are also going to be doing a webinar, we just decided, in December, December 15th. Oh, boy. Yeah, to dive a little deeper into the industry opportunities that are out there and what Greenlight Drafts can help new operators achieve and even existing operators, you know, to beef up their business acumen and to have a good set of policies and plans that they can take to new markets. Right, because if you don't have standard operating procedures, and let's just say you wanted to sell your business or something, right. you absolutely can't do that mm-hmm. without standard, you know, without those procedures written down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're at all planning on ever selling your business, you got to get that done. Yep. Um, and uh, and there's just uh, we you know really like to work also with. I don't know if you guys mentioned this, but you know, minorities and yep. small uh, farmers, small farmers, people and, yeah, yeah, we need women, to see that more and, in this industry. Yeah, because there needs to be more diversity in this industry. Totally. So um, I hope that this has been an educational episode. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'm sorry about expressing my feelings about Trump there, but <laughs> I just I, had I, to I, do I, it. I had apology to do it. not accepted. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, yeah, I. I I have a voice. People are listening. I just had to say it. (laughs) All right, everybody. Well, it has been a great episode. Thank you for joining us, and I hope you will come back for our episode next week where Tick Segerbloom, state senator for uh, the great state of Nevada where we live, is going to be joining us, and we're going to be talking about, among other things, what happened (laughs) so we look forward to talking to you then (laughs) thank you so much yay Yay. awesome (laughs) Bye. Bye. bye
Thank you for tuning in to Everyday Cannabis. Please join Eva Sativa for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, no sticks, no seeds, no shame.